Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, the largest provider of cancer support in the U.S. and around the world. Our services are offered at over 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Uh, today's show, which is being brought to you in part by Celgene and Genentech, uh, is uh, going to be a great show, a little bit of a different angle today. Um, you know, over the years on the show, we've talked about the many programs and projects of the cancer support community, uh, educational workshops, booklets, new initiatives, partnerships with medical professionals, hospitals, cancer centers, um, and something that we talk about frequently when discussing these topics is the face-to-face support offered by our cancer support community affiliate locations across the country. But we've never really explored the services offered by our affiliates in depth, so we're going to do that today. Uh, There are over 50 cancer support community affiliates in locations uh, across North America. We've also got a center in Tokyo, a center in Tel Aviv. We've got 100 satellite service providers um, around the world. And as a leader in cancer support and education, the cancer support community is strengthening the link link between medicine and social and emotional health. Our affiliate network is the heart and soul of our face-to-face work with people and families made vulnerable by a cancer diagnosis. So on the show today, we're going to take a look at the specific programs and services that our CSC affiliates, including the Wellness Community and Gildas Clubs, make available for all people impacted by cancer. Now, let's, let's go to some statistics because I think it's important to cover some of these numbers. There are more than 12 million cancer survivors living in the U.S. today, uh, about 1.5 million more people who will be diagnosed with cancer this year. So the odds are you or someone you know has been impacted by cancer. Um, and, you know, if those numbers sound big to you, think about this. Even more people, the families, the friends, the loved ones of those who have cancer are also faced with the impact of this disease every year. And that's because cancer doesn't just affect those who are diagnosed with the disease. It also changes the lives of the loved ones surrounding them. So it's the reason that the cancer support community offers emotional and social support to all people affected by cancer, all types of cancers, face-to-face through our affiliate network and also online at cancersupportcommunity.org. So let me just go quickly over some of the services that we provide through the affiliate network because I think you will be impressed and I think we're going to get your attention. And then I'm going to introduce our wonderful guests. Um, 
we provide uh, at the core of our program offering support groups for people diagnosed with cancer, as well as their caregivers, families, loved ones. In fact, in 2009, we provided almost 25,000 support group sessions across our affiliate network. Uh, we also offer healthy lifestyle programs, exercise, nutrition, stress reduction, educational workshops, uh, counseling, resource libraries, referrals, and um, wonderful opportunities for social interaction, a, a place and a way for people to connect with others who are going through the same or, or, or a similar experience. We also offer a chance to have fun, to laugh together, um, because we've learned that not everything about cancer has to be sad or scary, and it's a great opportunity for folks to make that, that important social connection. So it's important to note that our affiliates offer all of these services and many more at no cost, free to people affected by cancer, whether the person is a cancer patient, a family member, a friend, we offer these support services free of charge. And we want to make sure that people know at the end of the day that regardless of who they are, where they live, where they are in the cancer experience, they do not have to face cancer alone. So let me bring in our guests to this, uh, uh, to this important conversation. We're happy to have Jay Locke be on the show with us today. Jay is the Cancer Support Communities. Senior Vice President of Affiliate Relations and Strategic Growth. He has nearly 20 years' experience in the nonprofit sector. Um, prior to joining our team at the Cancer Support Community Headquarters, Jay was the CEO of one of our affiliates, CSC uh, Florida Suncoast in the Sarasota area, for eight years. He also has a, an adorable little boy named Owen, who is two, who we love, um, part of our CSC family. So thanks for being here, Jay. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, we're here with Sarah Griffiths. Sarah is the CEO of another one of our CSC affiliates, the Gildas Club of South Jersey in Linwood, New Jersey. Sarah was the first person hired by Gildas Club South Jersey when it opened its red doors in 2003, and she has seen the organization through many changes, all while developing new programming for its members, um, also a site that is near and dear to my heart because my mother and father happen to live right down the road there and have had the chance to visit the Gildas Club there with me and bring Sarah some homemade pumpkin bread. So um, thank you for being here, Sarah. Thank you, Kim. And last but not least, our dear friend and colleague in Indianapolis, Kathleen Spears, who has been the president and CEO of the Cancer Support Community Affiliate in Central Indiana for just over two years. Kathleen holds a Doctorate of Philosophy in Community Health, which I am just learning right now, and has taught uh, classes in healthcare administration and health policy, and I'm going to have the pleasure of being out to see Kathleen uh, in just a few short weeks. So thank you for joining us on the show today, Kathleen. Thank you for having me. So we've got a lot to uh, discuss, so I'm going to shut up in just a minute, and we're going to jump right into the conversation so you can hear from these experts from around the country. Um, we talk a lot about the idea of psychosocial support on the show, um, and, and in order to fully understand the programs and services offered by each of our local affiliates, we want to discuss, discuss really what that means, psychosocial support, what it means, what the benefits are, what that looks like. I'm going to start with you, Sarah, in Linwood, New Jersey. Welcome. And um, Sarah, explain to our listeners what that means, what psychosocial support means for people with cancer. Well, it looks like at Gildas Club South Jersey, and I'm sure at all the affiliates, that at the core, you mentioned earlier that we offer support groups. So uh, if support groups are at the core, they're a facilitated discussion with a licensed mental health professional with people who come together. It's not clinical per se, but it's therapeutic. So people come into a room, they are there with a common experience, let's say they're a cancer survivor or they're a family member, and they talk with each other. They genuinely, in our model, are the experts. 
but there is a licensed mental health professional in the room to guide and steer the conversation. Um, should it go off track or should one person be not dominating? It just keeps it flowing, and uh, it's amazing what occurs in that setting. Um, the program also has a, uh, we also have social activities, um, and that kind of conversation is going on in social activities as well. As uh, as uh, same thing happens in our educational workshops, you might have a, a doctor presenting on a particular topic, but what happens in the conversations amongst our members during that uh, presentation and afterwards is very powerful. It's stuff that cannot occur. Um, in the hospital or doctor office setting very often because of the time crunch uh, there, but it can occur freely here. And I like to sometimes say that it's the, um, you know, often considered the soft stuff, the psychosocial Mm -hmm. stuff is Mm -hmm. the soft stuff, and often it's the hard stuff. It is the hardest stuff because we're dealing with emotions. So, Sarah, just quickly, when you say um, that the programs are run by psychosocial mental health professionals, that's a mouthful, licensed mental health professionals, what kind of folks are we talking about here? We're talking about people who have, um, are typically master's degree trained, sometimes they have PhDs, and they are licensed in the state, and in this case it's the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So they are um, licensed people with... Uh, graduate degrees in an MSW or, or perhaps a, uh, a master's degree in, in a family therapy or their psychologists. Okay. So okay. they're hired facilitators. Social workers, psychologists, therapists. Okay. Um, Kathleen, I'm going to jump to you before we go to our break here. Um, the, 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 we're hearing that the medical community is now really acknowledging that social and emotional support are just as important as medical care for someone facing a cancer diagnosis. In fact, we had the report came out of the Institute of Medicine in Washington, D.C., Cancer Care for the Whole Patient, which really affirms that idea. Can you talk about why this is such an important part of complete cancer care, Kathleen? Sure, and you know, you're right, Kim. The medical community is reaffirming that social and emotional support, the the keystone really of the cancer support community program is really, really important, equally um, as important as the medical piece. And like you said, a great deal of research on this topic continues to emerge. And one study in particular that I found really crystallizes why psychosocial support is such an important part of the complete cancer care. Yeah. It's one that's done by doctors Anderson, Farr, and Yang. And they found that psychological interventions improve the survival rates for breast cancer patients. So when we're talking about improving your shot at survival, we're talking about not only improving your quality of life, being able to participate in a psychosocial program, but we're also talking about improving the quantity, um, improving your survival rate. So um, it's it's really uh, important to us to make sure that we share that message with people who may consider seeking psychosocial support lower on Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, you know, we really feel like the research that's emerging makes moves it up the moves it up the chain a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jay, just quickly before we go to the break, t- tell us about some of the benefits of psychosocial support for people affected by cancer, and at what, at what stage or point in the cancer journey should people kind of maybe jump in and seek this stuff out? At what point might they find it helpful? Well, it, it, the answer is at any point. Uh, the, the benefits are. are uh, available at any point in the continuum from, from diagnosis to long-term survivorship. Uh, the benefits uh, are uh, decreased anxiety, decreased depression, uh, 
people who participate in cancer support community programs actually report feeling better physically, and we're talking about cancer patients, so that's a pretty remarkable outcome from the programs we provide, that, that cancer patients feel better, better physically. Um, they feel less alone. They find community uh, because they're among others who know what they're going through. Um, what we do in terms of uh, the, the headliner is we turn, we, we turn fear into hope, we turn confusion into knowledge, uh, and we turn a sense of isolation into a sense of community. And we do that at in, any point along the journey um, of, 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 of having cancer. Cancer is changing now. Uh, there's so much, um, so many different treatment options out there for, for the various diagnoses. And information is power in that regard, and we provide that knowledge so that, that this, uh, from, from the side of the psychosocial, like how is this going to affect me with, with side effects and what are my trade-offs versus side effects versus a guaranteed cure. Um, and and the, providing that information gives people a sense of power over their treatment that they don't get um, uh, from, from being in the medical community uh, as, as much as, as, as we'd like these days. There's not and, enough time. And, Jay, do you see the medical community embracing this? I mean, I, it's not just yeah, they, what Gilda, Gilda, Radner, Gilda Radner used to call it woo-woo, right? She said it's not just woo-woo. No. It's, real, it's, it's solid stuff here. Kathleen talked about, you know, improving quality of life, potentially quantity of life. Are you starting to see the medical community wake up to that? Yeah, the doctors, I mean, they really um, want to care for the tumor, and they focus on the body and, and, the, and, the, and the biological side of fighting cancer. And, and they are not trained and don't want to focus on the psychosocial side of fighting cancer, and that's what we do. So it's really, they know it's important, but as Sarah alluded to, they don't have the time, uh, and they don't have the expertise, and we pick up that piece, uh, which increasingly, as, as, as Kathleen said, is 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 being seen as, as as important as the medical, as the actual biological treatment of cancer. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to head into a quick break right here. Um, we're, we've started this great conversation. Um, we talk a lot to our listeners about the cancer support community and about our affiliate network, and we've had certainly lots of expert guest speakers from our affiliate network, but we thought it might be a nice time to uh, take a little bit of a time out on the show to introduce you in more depth to our affiliate network. Um, so we have uh, on the show today our, our head of affiliate relations at the headquarters office and two of our wonderful uh, CEOs at two of our affiliates in uh, New Jersey and um, in Indiana. So we're going to take a quick break right here on Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and we will be right back. Thank you. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. 
cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today we're talking about the more than 50 affiliate locations of the cancer support community and the services that our affiliate network offers for all people affected by cancer. I'm here with Kathleen Spears and Sarah Griffith, both CEOs of Cancer Support Community Affiliates. Kathleen heads up the Cancer Support Community of Central Indiana in Indianapolis, and Sarah leads our Gildas Club in South Jersey in Linwood, New Jersey. Also with us today, my colleague Jay Lockabee, who is our Senior Vice President of Affiliate Relations and Strategic Growth. Now, we've talked um, in the opening of the show about psychosocial support, about what it is, what it looks like, why it's beneficial, who it can help. Um, I want to dive now a little bit into the programs offered by the Cancer Support Community Affiliates that aim to address the psychosocial needs of patients and loved ones facing a cancer diagnosis. We want to drill down um, a, a, a little bit. So, Jay, um, what happens when someone comes to a CSC affiliate for the first time? What will they see? What will they notice? I know, you know, we, we want to share with yeah. folks it's a very, very warm, very home-like setting, but you know, what, what happens oftentimes when they walk through that door? Well, they, they find a community of survivors to draw, to draw strength from, uh, and, they, and they find experts uh, in, in what they're going through, um, peers. Uh, they, they find a home-like setting that's not a hospital setting. Um, we do partner with hospitals and do work in hospitals, but the motherships of our affiliates, as we call them, um, where, where our programs come from, the, the middle of the spoke of the wheel, um, is a, generally a home-like setting, comfortable, comfy ch- uh, chairs that you can move around, um, where uh, our educational workshops happen, our support groups happen. It's a warm, inviting um, uh, atmosphere in every single one of our affiliates. Um, there's someone, the first person they see um, when they walk into an, an, an affiliate uh, uh, is generally someone who's also affected by cancer, a volunteer or a clinician um, that's, that's been in their shoes um, and can immediately uh, begin to, to kind of talk, talk to them about what they're going through. So, um, so Sarah, so I come through the door, I don't know anybody there, I don't know what you're offering, I don't really know if it's right for me, you know, how do I start to find out about what you have, how do I try some things out, what's, what's that process like? So the, the person walks through the door, um, sometimes having driven around the parking lot five times, because <laughs> I think coming through the door is an act of bravery for many people. Mm. I don't know if we are wired to accept help that easily. Certainly to talk about, go to a place where you're probably thinking that you're going to be talking about your feelings, and mm-hmm. there probably is something in that that you want to do because you know that the experience of having cancer, really unlike a lot, many other diagnoses, the um, trajectory is long and arduous and it does leave uh, emotional questions 
that brings a person through the door. So they come through the door, it's an act of bravery, and they're basically welcomed. They always are welcomed. And we encourage people to attend what we call a new member meeting, mm-hmm. uh, a participant meeting, where they go through an orientation of sorts. And they hear about the program, they understand really what they can get from it, they sit down and have a chat, and then they're free to come to as many or as few things as they like. They may not be feel like they're a support person, person, um, but maybe they feel like they want to uh, experience some um, healthy eating classes, or maybe they want to participate in yoga or tai chi. Anything is fine. They get to drive it. So... It's, uh, it's, a, it's a menu approach, Sarah. You get to really pick, pick what resonates with you. Exactly. We, we call it a calendar. Our calendar mm-hmm. is online like most affiliates. Um, there's also a printed calendar. So you walk away with a calendar and some guidance on wh- where might be a, a first good step after that new member meeting. So, Kathleen, I imagine some of the things you hear from folks, um, and let's dispel some of these myths today. Uh, oh, I hear what you guys do over there is um, run support groups. Uh, kind of touchy-feely, groupy kind of things. That's not really my thing. I'm not coming over. What do you tell that person? Well, you know, I tell them uh, that it's not quite like a, a touchy-feely scenario. It's not. Uh, we do have couches in our support group rooms, but we don't have people lay on the couch and have a therapist <laughs> with a white coat and, and a clipboard. Um, it's really a group of individuals who share in the the the, the cancer journey, who understand what it's like to be faced uh, faced with cancer. So it's really. All of our programs are, are really, it's like being in, in, in your friend's home. It's like mm-hmm. being in your friend's living room. Sometimes at our, at our facility, sometimes it's around the fireplace. Sometimes it's uh, in the kitchen. And it's really being surrounded by people who, who love you and care about you. And there are days where you may not want to share and you don't have to share. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't go around the room and say, okay, Kim, your turn. What's going on with you? It, it, you know, and, and a lot of times while all of our programs are professionally led by, by therapists, um, they're not. Sometimes they're not. They're not really uh, participating. It, it's it's the members who are really guiding the ship, and, and so it's a it's a wonderful thing. And and w- we always have people who are new to our community um, experience it by observing. You know, just coming in mm-hmm. and and seeing if it's a good fit for you. And if it's not mm-hmm. a right fit, then we'll work with you to try to find something else. And people who are donors and supporters in our community, we invite them in as well to learn more about how the process works so when they're out there uh, and they run into people who might need us, they can adequately describe the, the experience. But, um, and there's no, one, uh, there's no one else who could better understand what it's like to be faced with cancer than someone who's actually dealing with cancer, and I think that's the mm-hmm. beauty of it. And Those are the experts. Yes, yes, and the so the therapists who who are there and lead it and, and are you know licensed clinical professionals, they're not the ones who um, are um, you know all the times the ones with the, the, the they're not always the experts you know they're not always mm-hmm. the ones that have the the, the right words to to respond mm-hmm. to people's uh, needs so. Um, you know, I, I would say to folks who, who think it's going to be kind of a hodgepodge witchcraft, you know, anything like that, mm. uh, not to fear that, to, to give it a shot and come in and, and observe and, and see how it works. And how about this one, Sarah? Oh, my gosh, it sounds so depressing. Isn't it just a bunch of people sitting around talking about how miserable cancer is and talking about how they're dying or perhaps afraid of dying? Or, oh, it sounds so depressing, I'm not going to come. <laughs> well... 
I mean, you know, look, it, there there can be. It is definitely the place to have tough conversations. So, uh, but there is often laughter. I mean, people are people. They continue to live. They continue to have senses of humor, and um, so we talk about the tough stuff, and we also laugh a lot too. Like I'm just looking at our our calendar. So today we had tree yoga. We had a uh, a wellness group. We had stress management, relaxation. We had uh, sea glass um, creation class. Mm-hmm. We have Zumba, and we have Reiki. <laughs> we have a lung cancer group, and we have protein part two, a nutrition mm-hmm. um, workshop. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can hear within that there's some joy. And in the exercise stuff, Sarah, is it? I mean, I could go do yoga, you know, at my gym, right, or at the yoga studio. Is there something special about those kinds of exercise programs that happen there? Well, absolutely, because um, the extra, um, exercise classes that happen here, it's everybody is in the class has, has had some kind of experience with yoga. I mean, sorry, they may not have had experience with yoga, but they've yeah. had experience with cancer. cancer. And yeah. it's being um, your, your practitioner is somebody who's uh, been working with us for years. So she's adept at, at helping you get into positions perhaps that will, will truly help you in, in your own recovery. So they have real sensitivity to people who are dealing with the physical challenges of cancer exactly. and an understanding of that. Yeah, I, that's think right. that's so, I think it's so critical. Um, Jay, we talked a lot about support groups, but let's go into some other topics. Um, uh, educational workshops, Ask the Doctor, Ask the Nurse programs. Can you uh, highlight some of those and the kinds of topics that are being covered in those um, educational seminars? Absolutely, yeah. That's, um, I mean, it, and it's become such a huge piece of of, of the cancer experience is, is education because things are changing so fast. And so one of the biggest things that we do is provide these Ask the Doctor sessions, we call them. Um, sometimes uh, there's a series that uh, the National Headquarters Office has put out called Frankly Speaking About, um, and, and Frankly Speaking About Lung Cancer, frankly, frankly Speaking About Colorectal Cancer, for example. And there's a whole series of them. I think we're up to 13 um, uh, of them, and there are the, there are the affiliates provided um, free of charge and, and provided some funding even to implement a workshop where where every participant, um, pa- patient or caregiver is provided a, a, a beautiful booklet that's educational, plain 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 language about their disease. Uh, we'll pick lung cancer, um, and then there's a doctor, usually an on- oncologist, that does a slideshow. Um, we provide the slide deck. The doc. The doc can edit that slide deck if there's something that, that, that they'd like to edit, um, but primarily they just roll with the slide deck they're provided by our headquarters office, and they get the latest information on clinical trials, on side effect management, on the, the staging of the disease, um, new, new things around uh, new discoveries in cancer treatment, um, and, and it, it really is an incredibly powerful uh, experience to get that knowledge and have that that one-on-one time um, to ask questions. Uh, they, they do a presentation, and then, and then you ask questions um, of, of the oncologist. Um, they don't get that time in their office um, as much as as much as uh, they'd like. Um, so it's an incredible um, opportunity. We have a cancer transitions uh, program, which is focused on survivorship for folks that are been diagnosed through treatment and and seem to be out of the woods. Um, and it's focused on nutrition and exercise and and life after cancer. Uh, which is which is a serious uh, matter as well. Um, yeah. and, Kathleen, and, let me jump in with Kathleen. Um, yeah. 
Kathleen, we've got just about a minute or so until the break. But so we talked about support groups. We've talked about the educational seminars. We've talked about. Uh, we've heard a little bit about the exercise, about the yoga, about the tai chi. Just quickly run through some of the other things that we're doing at some of our affiliates. Well, um, cancer, uh, it varies, of course, by affiliate, depending on the, the demographic area that they're serving. But at the at Central Indiana, we have a program that's specifically for young adults who are facing cancer. So um, young people who are between the ages of 18 and 39 years old who may have unique issues and concerns. And that particular group does a social outing so that it's not always about the cancer. It's about living. Um, it's, it takes your focus off of am I going to die from cancer to how am I going to live with cancer. So um, they engage in a therapeutic session one time, and, and then they go out and, and do things in the community. So, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm often reminded to tell people who are a little hesitate, who have some hesitation about coming is, you know what, everything that we offer is free of charge. So what do you have to lose? Give it a right, shot. Give it a, give it a try. Come on in. Give it a shot. Kathleen, we're going to take a quick break. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're talking about the amazing menu and calendar programs that we offer at our 50 cancer support community affiliates uh, across the country. I'm your host, Kim Tebaldo. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, uh, which is being brought to you today in part by Azi, Morphotech, and Millennium. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, and I'm joined by three representatives uh, of the Cancer Support Community. We have Kathleen Spears, CEO of the Cancer Support Community in Indianapolis, Indiana, Sarah Griffith, CEO of Gilda's Club in, South, in uh, southern New Jersey, uh, in Linwood, and Jay Lockerbie, who is our new Senior Vice President of Affiliate Relations and Strategic Growth uh, at our Cancer Support Community headquarters. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked about the programs and services offered by uh, our affiliates, and really, you know, we define these programs as the gold standard um, these are evidence-based programs, programs you'll, uh, you'll find at our other uh, affiliates across the country. The schedules 
uh, do do vary by location, really, and by demand based on what they're you know what each affiliate is hearing from patients and family members. But right. we really are talking about the the, the gold standard of cancer support. Um, let's talk about some of the other initiatives and programs that are unique to some of our specific locations and some of our our, our guests today. Um, Our affiliates are constantly evolving and they're changing to meet the needs of individuals and families who walk through their doors. And again, the nice thing about our model is that we have all these wonderful kind of national standards in place that all of our affiliates comply with, but um, we really give each local affiliate the flexibility to respond to and meet and address the needs of, of folks in their um, uh, in their communities, and that is going to vary city by city, town by town, market by market. Um, so uh, you'll you, you know you will be guaranteed that great standard of care across all of our sites, but no two affiliate, affiliates will look exactly alike. Um, I think a good example of the unique programming is the diversity program started by our affiliate in, um, in Indianapolis. Kathleen, tell us a little bit about this program. How did it start? Um, what are your hopes for the program? How is it growing? How are you conducting outreach um, into the community? Give us some background there. Sure. You know, uh, Kim, it's no secret that various cultures process and perceive illness differently. Um, oftentimes they experience grief and loss differently and, and view and engage treatment uh, very differently. So at Cancer Support Community Central Indiana, we've launched a diversity program um, that addresses those differences in culture. So it's not about segregation. It's about integration of culturally appropriate programs into our core, which we've mentioned is, in fact, our, our support groups. Um, and so we did this for a number of reasons. One is the fact that in Marion County, which is the largest county in our service area, African-American women present with late-stage breast cancer and die from the disease at a rate double that of um, Caucasian women. And uh, mm. similar, I know it's pretty startling. Yeah, startling, yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, and unfortunately, similar statistics have been cited around the country for different types of cancer as well. So there's an obvious disparity there that we, we really want to tackle. So that's part of the reason why we, we, we launched this initiative. Um, and, you know, we talked about the well-documented impact that what we do has on the quality and potentially the quantity of life for people facing cancer. And we want everyone, regardless of um, their culture, to experience that impact. Um, but so often, though, at least in, in central Indiana, we experience that um, pe- people of minority cultures are not accessing us or for, for whatever reason they don't no. feel, yeah, yeah, I know. So when we, did, we took a look at that. Mm-hmm. At the local level, and we asked why. We, we spoke to African-American, Latinos. We spoke to experts in the community, and we said, why aren't people coming to our programs? And aside from basic things like transportation and, and um, lack of awareness, a lot of them were saying that the Latino and African-American uh, groups both said, well, I just didn't think that there would be anything for me. I just didn't think that anybody would understand me. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, what we did, we took the feedback. It was tough. It was tough to take, yeah. but we took yeah. it. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, cancer's too serious a disease for us not to. So um, we, uh, we started this program, and we've implemented um, aspects of different cultures throughout our, throughout our entire program. So, for example, Sarah mentioned the mind, body, and yoga. Well, we, we've incorporated, and she mentioned Zumba. And so a lot of our Latino brothers and uh, sisters like Zumba. So um, we've incorporated uh, praise dancing and different uh, ethnic uh, opportunities into our mind-body. Our Cooking for Wellness class 
in the nutrition class, and um, we've added uh, ethnic uh, recipes into that, so diverse menus into our cooking for wellness classes. Mm. Um, And we've tried to be really sensitive to the culture by hiring people who uh, look like the people that we want to serve. So we've got Mm. our first-ever African-American therapist, and we have a bilingual Hispanic therapist who's going to be coming on board soon. So we wanted to make sure that the the people that we have working in our organization reflect the people that we want to serve in the community. And um, yeah, and it's been it's been really fascinating to to watch the evolution and to see the the impact really um, really take off. So Wonderful. we've par- we've partnered with a lot of faith based organizations, and you know um, I can say this because <laughs> I'm a member of the African American culture, but you know we do what the pastor tells us to do. So um, <laughs> we've partnered with a lot of faith based organizations and asked the pastor mm. to tell them if they experience cancer, come try us out at Cancer <laughs> Support Community. So. That um, might that might even have more influence smart. than the doctor. I felt, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're no right about, about it. it for sure. In, in getting and getting people out. Well, that's great, um, uh, Kathleen. Real, really wonderful, and I think a good model for many of our of our affiliates who are looking to, um, you know, serve the broader community. You know, where we live and where we um, where we exist. Um, I know, Sarah, that a lot of our affiliates offer support services for families with. Um, with children, which obviously is a whole nother set of, uh, of challenges, children with cancer, um, children who have someone in their lives with cancer. Um, uh, and I know many of our sites have what we call Noogie Land for kids. So tell our listener, I mean, how can you not laugh at that? I love that name, <laughs> Noogie Land. Who doesn't want to go to Noogie Land? Um, I really uh, actually don't. <laughs> I Sarah, tell our listeners, what is Nogie Land? What kind of programs do you offer there? What can families and children expect from, uh, from that programming? Well, you're not going to get a Nogi if you come to it, although maybe you will. I'm not sure. No, I, it's I not would. Jay, Jay might, but not yeah, the kids. It, it, might, it might happen. Um, <laughs> Nogi Land, you know, at Gildas Club, South Jersey, we didn't open our Nogi Land program until we were about three years old because we couldn't, afford the uh, afford the cost of the program. Mm-hmm. So, 3 years into our history, we did open it and it's been a, you know, just a fantastic addition. In Noogie Land, children living with cancer as well as children whose parents have cancer or perhaps grandparents have cancer come together. We launched it with a Super Saturday program. So we got a a, a grant from a, a local um, uh, uh, radiology firm, and we provide a healthy breakfast. The families eat together, and then the parents go into big talk, and the kids go into small talk. And small talk is really a combination of doing some activities together and then talking, and talking kids want to talk, so it comes out, and that typically then the parents are in another room and they're working on on their issues about parenting around cancer, either their, their, their child with cancer or their own cancer, and then we all gather uh, around 1130 and come together and, and talk about what we talked about, mm-hmm. and it's a great program. We've expanded then to a fun Friday, so once a month we just have fun on a Friday night together. And we also do noogie nights, so while parents may be in a support group or an activity, the kids are in noogie land. Uh, we, we're helping them with homework, but we're also um, always concluding with a, a small, small talk session. Wow. And it's just great. 
Terrific. And I know you're also building a program for teens um, through the schools in your community, and I have a particular interest in this because I have a niece who is a teen in one of the schools in your community (laughs) who wants to help out, Sarah, and be a volunteer. So um, tell me about this partnership with the school system and the services that you're offering for teens. What we noticed when we opened our first clubhouse in Atlantic City is that kid, teens were not coming to us. And was, mm-hmm. it, was it coming over the bridge, you know, that sort of bridge phenomenon? Right. So we decided to take our program to a high school. And, and the first high school we went to was a regional, large regional high school. We knew the principal, so we got in. He said, I don't think there's a need here. We said, well, give, let us have a shot. So we sat in the uh, lunchroom for um, a few lunch periods uh, announcing that we were going to have the meeting. We mm-hmm. had the meeting. Now, this was probably eight years ago. Mm-hmm. We had the meeting. Sixty-five kids came out. Oh, my gosh. So and were they, only, were they kids with cancer, kids with someone in their life with cancer, combination? All blended, all blended yeah. up. Yeah. Um, not th- thankfully, there aren't as many kids with cancer, so those numbers are relatively small, but many kids whose parents have cancer are grandparents. And what happens with teens, it's, it's the, the teen themselves who are going through it, but also typically a best friend or maybe a best two friends who are freaked out because they don't know how to support this person and and they though the whole thing is coming into question for them too so that you know these little clumps troop into the into the meeting so now we're in 10 high schools um i think we could wow. be in every high school mm-hmm. uh, it, uh it's we only go to the ones that absolutely have their act together and can welcome us and give us a time slot within the day mm-hmm. so we're not an after school we're mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. Okay. And those kids who need us get passes, and they come, and it's amazing. Wow, wow, that oh is really God. remarkable, remarkable. So I just, I love what you guys are talking about today, Jay. We have just a quick, really a quick minute until we go to the break. Um, run through, can you run through Jay some of the other offerings that you're seeing at our affiliates across the country? <laughs> some of the other kinds of programs uh, that you're hearing about. Well, Kathleen mentioned there's a, um, I mean, she runs the, a group um, uh, similar to this, and, and, and I know in Florida they do, It's uh, and, and it's called Too Young for Cancer, and we, 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 we happened to notice when I was affiliate CEO there that there, there was a, lot, a fair number of people in their 30s and 40s um, being diagnosed with cancer, and that, you know, as, as we've alluded to, that sometimes involves children and families and work, and, and they, they have somewhat different needs, so... Um, that that's a program that has taken off, um, and we we weren't sure what to call it at the time, um, mm-hmm. and we just came up with too young for cancer because if you think you're too young for cancer, you can come you and, and yeah, yeah. instead of setting an age to it, and right. and there are there, there, it, it really is because of early detection on, on the global scene because of early detection right. there are younger and younger folks getting mm-hmm. diagnosed, which is a good thing, but it yeah. but it means that they have special needs, so that's that's a unique but, yeah, and I think especially Jay, you're here, you know you hear about things like you said relationships. Intimacy, yeah. fertility, fertility uh, right. you know, all kinds of really intense topics that are not necessarily getting addressed, um, you know, frontline in the medical community. The medical community is really figuring out how to eradicate the cancer, mm-hmm. um, but there are a whole other range of social 
um, emotional issues around spirituality, issues around sexuality that I think these young adults are facing that um, that, that we're helping them um, address. We're going to take um, just a quick break here, you guys. We're having a, a great conversation about all of the amazing free programs that are offered for people with cancer and their loved ones that are affiliates across the country. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We're uh, unfortunately coming towards the end of our show, but uh, throughout the episode we've been talking about the face-to-face services offered by the cancer support community through more than uh, our 50 locations in North America. We're in, uh, up in Canada. We're in Tokyo. We're in Tel Aviv. We've got satellite programs all across the country. Um, and uh, in the final segment, we want to look uh, to our some of our plans for the future and what the future looks like for our organization. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that the wellness community and Gilda's Club, two significant large cancer support organizations, joined forces in 2009 to become the cancer support community. So now we've got this wonderful network across the country. Um, we are staring down the barrel at 77 million baby boomers in the U.S. who are going to be aging. Um, we are going to be seeing new and better screenings new and better treatments for these folks. And you know what? These are folks, this is a generation who wants to be educated, who wants to be empowered. Uh, they want to learn how to live longer and better with cancer and other illnesses. Um, and so, frankly, as an organization, the need for the kinds of support services uh, that we provide is only going to grow, not only the support and the education, but, you know, truthfully, the healthy lifestyle programs, the nutrition, the cooking, the yoga, the tai chi, all the things that we've talked about today. Um, and, you know, at the cancer support community, we're planning for this. We're anticipating the growing need, and we are really de- developing and expanding our programs and services to meet the need. We're trying new things, different things all the time, ever-growing, ever uh uh, evolving as uh, the, as the disease cancer itself continues to change um, and evolve. So, uh, Jay, you know there are certainly many factors that affect the growing number of people who need the support that um, uh, you know that we provide. But but just talk a little bit about how you envision 
um, our programs being offered in the coming years, expanding, changing, um, uh, particularly looking at the 77 million baby boomers. Well, you touched on all the, the, the demographic factors that we're facing. I mean, people are li- li- living longer uh, when they get diagnosed because treatments are better. The boomers are, are hitting the age when diagnosis occurs. Early detection is working better, so some more people are getting diagnosed earlier, which is that's all good news. Um, but it, it also means there's a growing complexity to cancer um, w- with regard to treatment and, and uh, choices and, and in regard to some of the things we talked about earlier with young adults facing cancer and, and, and facing cancer with children, and we know that less than a third of all people facing cancer receive thorough evidence-based counseling, education, and support. So with this, with this massive onslaught of people being diagnosed uh, and facing the disease and facing it more as a chronic illness, and, and the oncology community is using that language now um, in referring to cancer, um, that less than a third receiving the kind of psychosocial and educational support um, that they need is, is, a, is a huge gap that we have to fill. And we have 50 brick-and-mortar affiliates, 100 satellite, you know, between the 50 um, sort of motherships, we also have another 60 um, satellite locations. Um, so altogether we have about 100 sites where people can be served. But we need to reach the 12.5 million people living with cancer and that 1.5 million new diagnoses every year um, that's probably going to be doubling um, over time. So we have to find, uh, we have to grow. We have to grow in every aspect that we provide services, both in the brick and mortar sense, the online sense, um, over, over uh, in, in our hospital partnerships, in every way we can, because there's going to be a lot of people out there who need the support that we provide and that we, we provide the best, when, and no one else is really providing the kind of services that we provide. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kathleen and Sarah, I'm going to ask both of you. I'm going to start with you, Kathleen. You know, same kind of question as we get towards the end of the show. How do you anticipate things needing to change in Indy uh, uh, there? How do you think things will need to grow, will need to change, will need to adapt, um, you know, as we look to the future of cancer? Yeah. So, Jay, you both mentioned the statistics, and in central Indiana across our 34-county service area, year after year we're seeing a growth in the the number of cases of cancers that are diagnosed um, each year, and so obviously we're going to have to expand and grow our programs to be more responsive to the needs of those individuals. And um, really, you know, over the next three years, our board has developed a strategic plan to very thoughtfully and very smartly uh, reach out to those outlying counties. And um, we can't bring everybody in to our facility, although we would love to. Um, mm-hmm. So take uh, programs out into the community and meet the individual where they are. Um, and the great thing about our, our network, um, the beauty of the, 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 the size and the strength of our network is that um, we're never having to reinvent the wheel and things that have worked in other parts of the um, state with similar demographics, we can certainly adopt and implement. And so I've learned from a lot of my colleagues and peers across the network mm-hmm. uh, programs to take out into the community and how to, to really evolve our programs so that we meet the person at the stage they are in their journey. So if they're too afraid to, you know, take on a full support group, then maybe we offer a networking uh, opportunity for them. And if they're if they're too afraid to ask the doctor, maybe we do a one-on-one session with them. So um, the evolution of our programming is absolutely going to change. It's going to grow, and it's going to be directly in response to the specific and unique needs of baby boomers and young adults and all of those people out there who are challenged by cancer. It's going to be very dynamic, yeah, and it, it's yeah. very exciting, um, but it's also very saddening to me. So, Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Um, Sarah, 
how, how do you how you how are you talking about addressing this in New Jersey? Definitely uh, another satellite location um, towards the middle southern part of the state. But I'm really mm-hmm. thinking about our teen groups. And I mentioned that we were in 10 high schools. We mm-hmm. could easily be in 20. Well, there's 100 high schools in South Jersey. Yeah. We need to be doing something in all 100. Thank God kids know how to use the web. So I need to invent or go to my colleagues, Kim, um, and <laughs> get, get some online teen support. Yeah, um, yeah. Get some webinars out there for um, faculty members and and guidance counselors to really help them understand when they see a kid in need. You know how to get them connected. Um, maybe do social activities quarterly to bring the kids together. Always have, mm-hmm. of course, support groups at, at the mothership and at the satellites. But we've got to blast it out there. Um, we aren't meeting our need. We need to. Um, probably not have our resources driving in cars to places, but to really open it up much further mm-hmm. using technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we are very close to the end of our show. I'm going to ask each of you uh, quickly. I'm going to start with you, Jay. Um, someone I know, someone in my family, myself, I've just been diagnosed with cancer. Um, w- what do I do? Give me a couple of tips. Where do I go from here? Well, you know, if you have a, a, a facility, a Gilda's Club, a wellness community, a cancer support community in, in your neighborhood, you know, run, don't walk to that facility, and you will, you will find the, the support you need. And it's it, it, it's it's such an incredible difference. Uh, people, when they're first diagnosed, the fear and the confusion, um, I think it's something they think that they have to tolerate and that it kind of comes with the disease and, and, and maybe their loved one or the, they themselves will, will get through it or they won't, but that they've got to suffer this sort of psychosocial um, downside to it when there's this amazing organization that provides all this support and can do something about that. And people really, I don't think, know about it. So run to the facility if there's one in your area. Yeah. Look us up on the Internet if there's not and get support. Yeah, quickly, Kathleen. What, what, what I would say to people who are listening who um, are, are considering joining the, the a cancer support community, and there, there'll be something here for you, regardless of um, where you are in your journey, your age, your ethnicity. There will be uh, some program. There will be someone here who can help. And um, our, our underlying philosophy is that we, we don't want anyone to have to face cancer alone. So we'll be here for you. And um, just real quickly, there was a woman who um, was trying to find our location, and um, we're a little off the beaten track, but we had our, our lights on. And um, she said, I found you because I saw the light in your living room. It was like a beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's really, you know, what, what we try to be, that beacon of hope. And um, we really try to empower and educate and, and strengthen and sustain people on their journey so that they can, um, they can overcome their disease. Sarah, some closing thoughts for our listeners. Well, that we are also all about the family. It's not just the person mm-hmm. who's living with cancer, yeah. but it's hugely and importantly for family members. Sometimes somebody who's just diagnosed, they might not be ready to come because they're flummoxed or they're, they're afraid, but their loved one, their caregiver, might be ready to come. So that's mm-hmm. fine. I mean, you can, you can, uh, people can come in their, in their own time. We're here. But if you are a loved one or if you're a friend of and you don't really know what's going on or how to deal with um, your own 
sort of set of circumstances. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> I, I, I like what you said, Jay. Run, don't walk to the nearest <laughs> wellness cancer sport community affiliate. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you find us? How do you find us? You can find us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. Um, we've had a, a, you know, a great conversation, I think, with our, uh, with our group today, talking about all of the programs that are offered and really talking about the bigger picture idea that you do not have to face cancer alone. And, um, I, you know, I want to just go back for a minute to that Institute of Medicine report. Um, uh, you know, the Institute of Medicine is part of the National Academy of Science in Washington, D.C. This report is called Cancer Care for the Whole Patient, and it says that, that social and emotional support are as important as medical care in the face of a cancer diagnosis. You've got sort of this three-legged school, stool. You've got the, you know, you've got cancer research, you've got cancer treatment, and then you've got everything else. We're the everything else. We're the support, we're the education, we're helping you manage the financial aspects of what you're mm-hmm. dealing with, mm-hmm. we're helping you talk to family, we're helping you face all of those other challenges that one faces when they are diagnosed with cancer. So, so visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org. Our mission at the Cancer Support Community is to ensure that all people impacted by cancer are empowered by knowledge, strengthened by action, and sustained by community. And as Kathleen said, we want to make sure that, that, that everyone knows that you do not have to face cancer alone. There is a community of support. There is a community of hope um, that is there for you, whether you are the person with cancer, any kind of cancer, whether you've just been diagnosed, diagnosed 10 years ago, you're an adult, you're a child, you're part of the family, come and see us. Um, it's been uh, a really, really terrific show today, and I, I certainly hope our listeners will visit us at www.cancersupportcommunity.org to learn about uh, all of our sites, all of these free resources. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Until next time, be well. Do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. support community.org.